0: To me, it's like this DNA spiral of your life. Like you keep walking through all these areas, you keep going, you keep evolving, but you don't stay stuck in any one of them or all the others, you know, will fall behind. And that's the problem, is when we become so myopic and so focused on just one area of our life that we'd let the other ones either disintegrate or erode. And so it's just constantly walking through them.
1: Hi, my name is Evan Herman, and I'm documenting my journey on becoming the best version of myself, while learning how to be an entrepreneur and developing the successful habits that are necessary to get and keep me there. If you want to come alongside of me and make this journey together, we'll be listening and learning from some of the world's greatest mentors in the areas that matter most. Faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. So join me on the Whole Person Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest, a friend of the show, Amy K. Hutchins, the woman with a million-dollar smile that will light up any room. Amy is an accomplished business leader, speaker, and trainer. Here to talk about her new book, Get It, Five Steps to Sex, Salary, and the Success You Want. Here is the cover of her amazing new book. Amy, welcome back to the show. How are you?
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I am really, really good. Um, despite all the stuff that is going on in the world right now, I'm feeling pretty grounded. Um, and I'm just absolutely honored and privileged to be invited back. So thanks
1: Evan. Well, Amy, you are one of my favorite people. Um, you know, cause I remember the very first interview we did, believe it or not, I think cause I've done all of them. It was for whatever reason, the hardest interview I've ever done, not because of you, but because I just messed up so many times. And oh, no. you were so gracious through the entire process, and you, you were awesome. But in post, it edited out great, so I, we're good. I, I
0: don't remember
1: it being anything other than a really awesome
0: conversation, so.
1: Yeah, no, I, I messed up a lot, but in post, we edited it out, done. and it turned out great. So, well, Amy, you know, you're coming out with this book here, and it's getting ready to hit, get it. Just out of curiosity, to begin, why did you decide to write this book? I think there's probably
0: several reasons, but one of the most important is simply that in my coaching and consulting, I was seeing the stuff that I was using work and it was working really, really well. And we were just proving that whether you want to be great in sales, whether you want to be a great leader, you want to be a great father, you want to be a great spouse, it actually all starts with you have to be a great communicator. Now, it's not, um, it's not all that you have to be, but it's absolutely necessary if not sufficient but it is absolutely necessary to be an incredibly brilliant communicator. And so I've spent my whole career teaching people how to be master communicators, but I never felt like there was like one distilled place to go to be like, oh my God, this would be like the fundamental book for being a great communicator. And so that's really kind of the impetus was one day I was coaching a gentleman and he's like, hey, I used that phrase that you taught. And I was like, okay, how did it go? He's like, I'm having the best relationship i've ever had and i was like okay so it works it works personally and professionally
1: that's awesome so you know in this book i'm sure these lessons have come from life experiences and things that you've learned throughout your career what are some of the stories in your life that led you to the lessons that you've written about in your book
0: you know, My story is not being the, hey, I arrived and had it all figured out. My story is a lot more of I was given this voice box with no instructions how to use it. And so like, like most lessons in life, Evan, the painful way is how, how I learned to become a good communicator by saying things that I did regret or having poor word choice or thinking of the perfect thing to say like six hours too late. Um, and so part of me just really sort of had a seminal moment in my late adulthood where it was sort of the, I don't know how to use my voice or to recognize the worth of my own voice. And until I figure that out, I can't get what I want. And so I had like a complete reset in my life of, just valuing myself and then valuing my voice and how to draw a boundary and how to speak up for myself. And there are some very vulnerable stories in the book of both my clients, but but my own as well. Um, I've never shared this. So this will be your first podcast. It's in the book, but the book is not out yet. You have an advanced copy. I have not shared the story that, you know, I got fired when I was 13 and I got, I got caught stealing and I wasn't stealing. But the perception was that I was. And so I didn't even know how to use my voice to protect myself. And I think all of us could could really benefit from using our voice and using it well.
1: Mm. Your first chapter in the book is about clarifying your real want. And I don't know about you or even some of our listeners, but I feel like that is something that I have struggled with much of my life. Some days I want money. Some days I want financial freedom. Some days I just want peace. You know, some days I just want to be a public speaker, an author, a trainer. How do you go about finding the real desires of your heart? We've
0: we've proven, unfortunately, from celebrities to non-celebrities, that you think you want something. You work really, really hard to get it. You do get it. And you still feel empty or unfulfilled or it doesn't bring you as much happiness as you thought. And so a lot of times what I'll ask my clients is, if you're not happy here, what makes you think you're going to be happy over there? And so what we really work on are the feelings in the present. So a lot of my coaching clients are like, well, exactly like what you said, Evan, I want financial freedom. And it's sort of like it's it's important to feel free. Before you can actually have profitability in your life, you you must feel free now. Before you'll even generate profitability, because you come at it from a, a sense of desperation, which just repels it. And so it's really taking a look at what drives you. So a lot of a lot of my clients are successful. My, I'm not going to um, you know kid you. They're they're successful, but they're only successful in certain parts of their life. So they're either their businesses are wildly successful, or they have a brilliant marriage, but not always together. Um, or a lot of my successful CEOs have terrible relationships with their kids. And so we really start to peel back the layer to say, let's get rid of all the noise. First, how do you define success for you? Not on the world, not comparison, not on Instagram, not on Facebook, not, not on somebody else's you know time and energy, but how do you define success? And then from there, we say, and how do you really want to feel? And then what's going to get you what it is that, to feel that way? And what's fascinating is that by the end of the exercise, almost, I don't want to be misquoted, but I'll say almost 90% of my clients would be like, this is so not where I expected to end up. And yet it's so truthful, raw, and honest. It completely resonates. Like the exercise ends up being worth its weight in gold.
1: Right. You know, you mentioned um, something very key, which I like to call the... Now, obviously the podcast, the whole person podcast with, you're saying, you know, you can be strong in one area of life, but completely weak at another. How do you start becoming a whole person in multiple areas? Because there's almost this tug of war in between the roles that you're playing. How, how can you be all things to, or well-rounded enough as a whole person in, in all those areas of life?
0: Well, I think you have to give yourself grace that you're going to shift and reprioritize. I mean, I think one of the biggest myths that we've been sold is that there's this idea of balance. Like, you know, you'll have it all figured out all at the same time. It's just not how the world works. And I think the more that we try to have balance, the more unbalanced and stressed out we get because we realize it's unattainable, but you can have pockets of your life that you rotate and move through. So right now, I mean, in all fairness right now, Evan, you're not, you're not with your kids. You're, you're not being a dad, but you don't have to, like, because your children are napping. So now you get to be a professional. You get to be this brilliant podcaster. And so, whether it's a day, a week, a month, or a year, give yourself grace to walk through these different areas of your life. And you're going to be constantly tweaking and refining. But it's like, to me, it's like this DNA spiral of your life. Like, you keep walking through all these areas, you keep going, you keep evolving, but you don't stay stuck in any one of them, or all the others, you know, will fall behind. And that's the problem is when we become so myopic and so focused on just one area of our life that we let the other ones either disintegrate or erode. And so it's just constantly walking through them. That.
1: Hmm. that's That's really, really good. So here's the next question regarding that. How does someone go about creating space to find their real want and then space or creating the environment to go after it?
0: Well, I work with a lot of go-getters. I work with a lot of influencers. And so I encourage them to schedule alone time and actually make a date with me, myself, and I. And a lot of them feel like that's extraordinarily selfish. It's not. It's actually one of the most generous things that you can do. Because when you take care of yourself, you are better able to give to others, full stop. You cannot give if you don't have anything to give. If your bucket is empty, if you are depressed, if you are unclear, if you are clouded in in, in your story about who you are and what you're doing, then you don't serve. And so one of the things that I say is that you need to take care of you. And that can start with, who am I? What is my story? What are my drivers? What do I want? Where are my weaknesses? And if I'm really honest, where do I need to ask for help from other people so that I can be more successful? And again, I didn't learn this overnight. You know, I was the kid that was like, I don't need your help. I don't need y'all to figure it out on my own, you know? And then finally, like, one day you wake up and you're like, no, that's not smart. There are really smart people out there who would love to help me because it makes us feel good to help others. And so it was like, well, then I'm asking for help. I'm raising my hand. And so I think that it is just starting by saying, do I even know who I am? Do I even know what I really want? Do I even have a vision for my life? And so... Not, not to get too distracted in this answer, but I would love for people to schedule some alone time and then to ask them some, some really tough questions about, you know, who am I? What drives me? What motivates me right now? How do I want to define success? And if I were to put even just a 12 or 18 month vision in front of me, what would that look like?
1: Okay. Your first chapter, oh, sorry, hold on, I already said that one. Okay. You talk about how to have better and more frequent belly button, the belly button time, sex. So here's my question that almost every guy wants to know. How do you create that connection that you're talking about in your book to enhance your love life
0: so i think it starts with connection and intimacy and so one of the things that we often do is like we'll show up at the end of a really stressful day and we'll be like okay now we're just supposed to like be magically romantic but everything that we've done all day has nothing to do with romance and so a really a really great sex life starts outside the bedroom and it starts with that touch, that sweet nothing, the flirty text. You're building sexual tension throughout the day to say, I see you in this way. that then the way that I see you is exclusive to you, that we, have that we have that bond that nobody else in the world has. But you can't just show up and expect a roaring fire at 11 okay. o'clock at night if you're not willing to find the match, light the flame, you know, get the kindling going. And so that doesn't mean that you can't have impromptu hot sex absolutely you can. But again, impromptu hot sex only comes as a byproduct that all these other things have been done over the course of time to allow that to happen. And so I tell, I tell men and women, if you really want a hot sex life, and I'm serious about this, and that's important in a a relationship, no matter whether you're, you're 25 or 55, that you really need to take the time to do all the romantic flirting up here because the strongest sexual organ that you have is the mind.
1: Right. You know, I really like how you phrased that you need to build, uh now I'm blanking on the word, a sexual tension, right? Yeah. No? Number
0: one. Number
1: one. Yes. Um, and so you know, it, it, it's funny because my wife and I were having this conversation a few weeks ago and um, you know, I was just casually asking like, Hey, what are some ways that, that you would feel like we could increase our love life? I'm not saying that it's bad or decreased as a guy, I just prefer more in general. And I, I was really dumbfounded by her answer and I had to own what she was saying too. She talked about how, you know, I'm not as cuddly as I was. Uh, I tend to be more irritable. um, Don't want to be touched. And, you know, she talked about doing these small things to, to in a sense, build that foundation, to build that tension that made it more desirable and part of me just wanted to be like, oh, you know, but the, the growth side, me was like, all right, so I have to own my shortcomings and be more affectionate, be more touching. Um, and you know, I would love to say as a result, you know, increased sex happens you know we're currently going through pregnancy and and some stuff so believe it or not like uh, sex is kind of off the table for a while just for protection of the baby however i've noticed other things that it's benefited in my marriage you know i've noticed there's a lot more open communication uh, a lot more understanding and quick forgiveness and here's here's what's crazy amy more grace has been extended on both of our parts now that there's you know more physical touch more communication it's just so, connected right so
0: that's so that's the irony is that what you've what you've done and this is this is going to be a gorgeous gift for you too really into it's going to be a gorgeous gift because because you're not allowed to be sexually intimate right now because of some of the medical situations of this particular pregnancy what, what you're doing is you're finding ways to connect that are significantly meaningful to the both of you that are allowing you to talk and to have that silent communication through touch. And so this is really important. And so when I talk to couples, you're already doing some of the things that so beautifully work, Evan, and it will, trust me, it will, it will reward you. So when you well, I give my
1: wife credit, first of all, because she's the one that told me that, hey, we need to do this. <laughs>
0: That's communication and and being able to, without in an accusatory way, being able to say these are things that I need versus you don't. So it's kind of like Evan, I need the cuddle and I need the touch. It's a very healthy way of saying, you know, that my needs are not being met versus you are wrong or you are bad, which is not true because you aren't. It's just that sometimes we fall into bad habits, sometimes we fall into personality quirks that take over or different phases of our lives. But here's Here's where I think it's so important for your listeners to to have hope. And that today, for example, Evan, here's a great practical example. Just send her a text message that's authentically you But that praises her for something, whether it's something like you look beautiful today in in your blue sweater. It reminds me of your eyes or that time we went to, or I can't stop thinking about that great date that we had a couple weeks ago, or I love how you take care of our children with a smile on your face, or I love that you're so optimistic. But when you send an affirming and appreciative text message, that's flirting. Mm -hmm. That's actually saying that I love you. I'm recognizing you. And I took the time to prioritize you. It takes less than 60 seconds. And it will light her up. You will be amazed at the sweet nothings, the kisses, the touch that you get out of her tonight. Even in, in, a, in a moment where you can't necessarily be sexually intimate, you can still be physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually intimate. And that leads to a much better relationship and a healthier sex life.
1: I'm, I'm debating if this. you already answered this question. Okay. So I'll just phrase it. Or I'll just say it in. If you, you can edit right, <laughs> What are some of the ways to build connection with all the different relationships in one's life, even, even outside of spouse?
0: I really think one of the best things that you can do is just to tune into where somebody's at and leave your agenda at the door. And that creates a tremendous connectivity. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting down with your kids, instead of saying like, how was your day and how, you know, and being so specific, sitting down with a kid, you know, that's nine, 10, 11, 18 years old and say, what's on your mind. And it, it makes it about them. So I'm leaving my agenda at the door and I'm saying, tell me what's going on with you. And you just listen. And you're not listening to respond. You're not listening because you've got something that you want to say. You're really just tuning into them, and that can go with a parent, that can go with a sibling, that can go with your own friends. It's just—it's a brilliant question to just sit down and say, Evan, what's on your mind?
1: Hmm. What's on my mind? Hmm. A lot. This interview. (laughs) Um, Well, let me let me ask you this because in in connecting with others and building rapport and relationship. How does, I believe so many times when we go and have relationship and connections, like you said, we do have kind of our own personal agenda that we take into that conversation. So how do we go about checking our agendas? Because I know I sometimes struggle with, with that because I tend to like control. And so how does one actually go about checking their own agenda?
0: Well, I think that first of all, you have to ask yourself, you know, what's the significance of this conversation? Why, why am I doing it? Not like why isn't bad, but what are the thoughts behind it? What's the story that I have about why I want this? So for instance, I've, I've got a call this afternoon with a bunch of my girlfriends. We're going to do the Zoom thing. Uh, And so, again, it's the, well, what's this for? Well, it's for connectivity. So it's to be heard, but it's also to hear others. It's to find an emotional connection. It's to be there to provide support. All that makes me feel good. But when I get clear about that, then it's not as selfish, right? And then you set that aside. So now that I have clarity about that, I can set it aside and say, okay, well, then I need to show up to serve because serving them, letting them be seen, letting them be heard, letting them be understood creates connectivity. And one of the things that I would say to you, and this is, not, this is not a pitch because it's free, it's on our website, it's on the homepage, is that when we are feeling disconnected, we often don't know why. And so we put up an exercise on the, on the homepage that said, when you're feeling out of balance, when you're feeling disconnected, here's a great exercise to figure out the why, the, what it is that you need behind it so that you can actually get that. Now that sounds, and I want to be really clear, that sounds hypocritical. Like I just said, well, if that's what I want, then that's my agenda. You have an agenda for connectivity. What you need to do is get clear on the agenda for why you're having a conversation and then be prepared to set that agenda aside to listen for somebody else's agenda. It's it's what I call the law of, of reciprocity. Like I came to this podcast with an agenda, but you have an agenda as well. And if I can set my agenda down long enough to honor yours, we're going to have greater connectivity.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so good. Which is evident based off of the pre-conversation that we had before the podcast.
0: That's right. So,
1: well, let me ask you this because I, I love this chapter. And if you have a kid in your, your car or something, plug their ears real quick. I love your title, Own Your Shit. You know, so many times in my life, I have been a victim of my own circumstances or me causing something. Why is it important, and how does someone go about changing to owning their own shit?
0: We're all human. I mean, you know, I I, I laugh. I'm a master communicator, and then people are like, "Well, do you ever say anything stupid?" All the time. I mean, you know, are people like, "Do you ever have a conversation that you want to go back and redo?" Yes. Now. It happens fewer and fewer and fewer over the years, you know, because I, I, have, I have all these tools. But the other night is a, gl- a great example. I'll be vulnerable. So the other night, I used a word, and I was just venting, but it was a trigger word for the person that I was talking to. And then all of a sudden, he was, like, repeating my word over and over again because I realized I'd hurt his feelings. And so I stopped, and I said, you know what? I'm going to apologize for my lazy language. I said, I was feeling so comfortable I was just verbally venting, but that word has caused you hurt, and I didn't even really mean that word. That was a poor word choice, and I am so sorry that I used that word. And he was like, oh, okay. When you own it, when you are willing to de-stink your own shit, things get better fast. When you try to just dismiss it and act like, oh, no, I have it all figured out, and oh, no, I, I meant it, or I didn't make a mistake, things just spiral, and they spiral in the wrong direction. So in that chapter, I give a lot of great tools on how more specifically to do it than just an apology. Or, and I even say in the book, it doesn't always warrant an apology. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if I said to you, um, and I'm just making stuff up, Evan, right. but if I said to you, we had a meeting today at 4 o'clock and you showed up at, let's say, 4.10, I don't know whether you always need to apologize. Now, if you kept like 40 people waiting I would encourage you to lead with, thanks for your patience, thanks for waiting. It means a lot to me. I'm do double, you know, double duty today's dad and this, because the kids are at home. Everybody understands that. And then you could say, then, and only then could you say, and I apologize. That's very different than leading with an apology of oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's a whole different way of communicating. Because
1: mm-hmm. one feels more authentic and human, and then the other one just feels like yeah, I don't care. Let's apologize and move on.
0: So I think that like with the first one, what, where I'm saying is if I say, if I, let's say I'm the one that's late. Yeah. If I showed up and I said, Hey, Evan, I so appreciate your patience. I so appreciate your willingness to stick around. It's been a really, it's been a really rough day. I it, like you, I'm doing the homeschooling thing and the blah, 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 blah. You're going to have a lot more empathy for me. And by the way, my apo- apology will come across far more sincere if I just yeah. don't lead with it. And then I say, I'm really sorry. Then you're like, oh, no, my God, I totally get it, right? I totally get it. If I just come across, I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, and then I dive in, it just seems less sincere.
1: Right. That is such a good lesson. I'm, I'm putting that in the memory bank there. Yeah, good, 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 good. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on our show today. You know, the friend that you've been to me and to the show. I'm so excited about your book. Share your website where one people can go get that tool that you were talking about, real quick.
0: Yeah, it's super easy. It's only four letters. It's Amy K, A-M-Y-K, my first name, com.
1: And then your book, Get It, comes out April 28th. Where do you want people to purchase it?
0: Amazon. And this isn't even a big ask. So the, the hardcover is available, the paperback, um, the Audible, but the ebook. So you can download it, whatever you use. The ebook will be available for only 99 cents. So we're gonna do a big splash on April 28th. So if you really want the book, that's the day to buy it, April 28th, for 99 cents.
1: Awesome, so get it. This awesome book on April 28th for 99 cents will be an ebook. And then one of the things is that I want you guys to do immediately, because this is gonna help Amy, leave a review, you know. Mm. T- Just look look at it, read a few things. If you like it, write a review about it as you're diving in through the whole book because what will happen is the more reviews she gets quicker, then she can get on the Amazon's best sellers list, which obviously we want Amy to do. So do that.
0: Uh, And and really, truly, write an honest review. Just write an honest review. So that, that means the most to me.
1: Awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it and just really enjoyed talking to you.
0: Me too, Evan. God bless.
1: Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you would, I'd greatly appreciate you subscribing as well as rating and even leaving us an objective review. It helps us with our ratings and spreading the message of the whole person podcast. And now may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Take care and God bless.